The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Well, welcome to the GCBC Podcast, a podcast by Gold Country Baptist Church for Gold Country Baptist Church, where we discuss with our leaders and members of the church the how and why of ministry in the life of our church. We pray it will encourage our spiritual growth for the glory of God. I'm your host, Corey Freeman, and on today's episode, I am with Joseph Haller, who is one of our missionaries that we support at our church. Joseph used to live in California and has now moved to Utah. One of the things also we want to note is that we are recording here from Utah in the Blue House in the recording studio where last year our missions team interviewed by Russ East, who is kind of the whole orchestrator of this missions team, along with Joseph Haller, who supports him. So Joseph, tell us a little bit about you, why you moved to Utah, and how you got involved in this ministry. Hey, Corey. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be on the podcast. Uh, Moved out to Utah in 2019, a few months before Allie and I got married. And I have known who Russ was and and, uh, been friends with him for a lot of years beforehand and had known about his ministry efforts here in Utah. He had come out in about 1904 to do ministry or with the intent to do ministry and was eventually able to work up to doing ministry full-time in Utah. And around 2005 is when he had acquired this ministry house that we operate out of in the central part of Ogden. And so, yeah, acquired it in 2005. It's a fairly large house, and he's been using it for a variety of uses over the last almost 20 years. So, yeah, I'd, I'd always heard about him talking about trips and about reaching out to Mormons, which I had very little idea who they were when I knew Allie in school and we were going to college together. And then uh, the Lord had just put it on my heart to be doing things Uh, ministry related. And uh, when he was talking to me one day, 2019, I kind of just kind of clicked that, oh man, like I want to move out to Utah, you know, when I get married to Allie and and I could help do ministry out here. I had talked to him about it and uh, decided that I could intern for a, a little bit for about a year and help participate in the teams that we have come out. And from then on, I've just continued to be, I was an intern for a while and then moved into a position of a mission trip coordinator. My job involves a lot of planning and scheduling for the teams that come out and then being with the teams as they're out and executing, you know, the schedule and making sure everything works out. And, you know, of course, with a mission trip, there is a lot of moments where you have to pivot and make adjustments with the schedule and uh, that's just how ministry goes. You have to be flexible. So, yeah, one of my jobs is just making sure that everyone is cool with being flexible, you know. And, and uh, as we kind of just pray through each day and seeing what the Lord has in store for us. Very good. So you used to go to our church, actually, for those members who are new from our church. Joseph actually used to be a member of our church. He was for a while. But once he married Allie, he moved out here to Utah. And that's kind of how you got more involved with the ministry. And then Russ obviously gave you more responsibilities as time went on. So I want to talk more about the mission, because that's kind of what we're here to talk about. You're actually our coordinator 
for our missions trip that's coming up this July, along with Russ East. He'll, he'll come and help us. Actually, in the on our site, it actually talks about Russ East will actually be coming out on June 3rd to actually give a little training session. And if I remember correctly, was I the one that did the training last year? Yeah, last year you came and visited a few times. I couldn't go because I was working on Saturdays, but I did FaceTime you guys. I also, uh, either two or three, Three years ago is when I came out. I think it was two years ago. I also came out for uh, a workshop for the church as well. And we got to meet with some missionaries uh, at a local park around that area. LDS missionaries. That's that's right. That was before we actually did the missions trip. But that was to kind of get just people like, you know, get information out there of what it's like to actually witness to a Mormon. Because it's probably for most of us, it's fair to say that we don't just do this on a regular basis, especially in California, because it's not predominantly Mormon like it is here in Utah. And I think you gave the statistics, it was 98% or something. You gave a class on it where it was primarily like the religion, like Christianity itself, be whatever denomination it is, it's only like two percent. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say close to three to five percent at this point. More on the side of three. And Mormonism just smacks you in the face in Utah more oh, so yeah. than California yep. does. So one of the things that that I primarily want to talk about on this podcast is our missions trip that we did last year, which I was a part of, and that was our very first one. Just to kind of get people you know, a head start of what it's like. And actually, I'll provide the uh, link in the description as well. Russ East did an interview with our missions team last year while we were still here. And you can get more information on that. I'll send the link in the description as well, along with gcb.church forward slash Utah trip. You can find the information there for signing up as well. Um, We encourage anyone who wants to learn more about Mormonism and how to witness to them to do so. Last year, it was around the same time, I think, July 22nd through the 28th as well. So we came to the Blue House, and um, for me, I remember thinking to myself, I don't really know how to witness to Mormons. I know very little. I know that we they'll say, oh, we worship the same Jesus. It's all the same. That's kind of their new tactic now, it seems like, where they'll just say, oh, you know, we're, we're all the same now. You know, we worship the same God. Just, you know, it varies, but it doesn't matter. But whereas back in the day, like the 80s and 90s, we had a couple from locally who came to our church and said yeah back in our day it was actually like we would just be drilling you guys saying no you're wrong and it was very i'd say more hostile than it is now i would even draw the parallel that a lot of lds yeah don't know their own history because there are plenty of writings of church leaders in the past who have done a lot to separate themselves from christian churches you know, and uh, nowadays, much like we're seeing with the evangelicals, is that there really is a lack of knowledge of where you've been, where the church has been, you know, and what things have been said in the past. So it's even worse, really, for LDS, because we have a religion here that only has a history of being around for about 250 years, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and they don't even know uh, things that were said, that things, doctrines that were part of the church from like 150 years ago, you know. So, which is why it's important. If you look at my last episode, ten reasons why study church history. This is an important reason. It helps you actually evangelize to people like Mormons, just as a clear example. So, thank you for that encouragement. So, when we got here, um, you and Russ kind of gave us 
the lowdown of what's going on, the scheduling and everything. We don't need to get into the nuances of that, but I want to hit the important points that really helped us kind of get in. It's kind of like just throwing you into the fire in a way, because how else are you going to learn? Yeah, you can learn all this, you know, stuff about them. And then that's good. You do need to know that. But actually just going and talking to them and how they respond was very different than how I expected. I'm usually, from my experience from sharing the gospel, it's usually a hostile way, and it usually becomes more of a who's smarter than the other kind of thing. But with Mormons, it's very different. So the first thing we did, and I'm probably wrong on this, but we went to Temple Square, I believe was the first thing that we didn't know. We went to that. You guys arrived Saturday night. We and then, the, yeah, we went to a, a Christian church service, and then immediately following that, we went to a ward. That's right. We went to a ward, and that was different because you walk into a ward, and it's full of beauty. It's all white and clean and everything. But then we we happened to walk in. We were actually late to the service, but we walked in on people actually giving their testimony. And one of the guys that was actually talking was saying, yeah, so when I was reading the Book of Mormon, my elders told me, just keep trying, just keep trying. It'll eventually just, you know, it'll come alive, basically. It's a lot of feelings that the Mormon religion is based off of. And just hearing him, and finally he said, oh, and then one day it just happened. This feeling came. It's always like this warm feeling they describe, some of them do. And it's just so sad because they're so wrong. They sound... They sound like us in many ways on how they, you know, portray themselves and their testimony, but they're missing such key, key doctrines. And it's just so sad. And then afterwards, we actually got to talk to the elders because the elders found out that we were there and they probably wanted to isolate us in a way because we were supposed to go to a class. So we talked to them and it was you, Russ, um, Houston was there, Corey, I think all, yeah, everyone was there. The whole team was. And, man, some of the people there, the elders were actually kind of quiet, surprisingly, but some of the people, like there was this elderly lady that was just so passionate about the Mormon religion, and she was basically telling us, you guys need to accept us just as we accept you. Mm. And it's she was just so passionate about it. And so nothing, there was no, like, I don't know what's the word, there was no major debate or anything happening there, but Houston actually got to share his testimony. And, of course, the elders and all the Mormons that were there were like, oh, amen, you know, like, that's that's so good. So that was kind of just a little taste of what we got to experience. But then we kind of, after talking with a few of the elders, I don't remember ever, us, you know, having a long conversation with people there. That was just kind of, you know, dipping our toes in the water. But then we went to the Mormon temple, which, Square. Temple Square, the, the Mormon temple, that's right. The Mormon temple's under construction still. Um, Temple Square. And that was actually a little bit different because you don't really find Mormon missionaries there. It's more so the, what are they called, sisters? They're still missionaries. Are they missionaries? Are they missionaries? Okay. And you have to be careful talking to them because if you just start going out, you know, and saying, basically, you're wrong and I'm right, and here's why. Here's why we worship a different Jesus. And you get into all this doctrine with them. Security will come and actually escort you out. In some cases, we actually had an incident uh, with Corey. They were asking questions just during a tour, I think. And they were just, they were really polite about it. But then security came 
and the sister that they were talking to was basically kind of manipulating the security guard saying, oh, they were being hostile, you know, kick them out and everything. So it kind of shows, you know, how passionate some of them are and how difficult it can be to witness to a Mormon. Yeah, very, they are sensitive, you know, with when it comes to that, especially when it, if you try to go with on the history side of them. Because if you look at history, we're not going to get into that in this episode, but there's a lot of history where you could basically say you're not even doing the right teachings that even the founders said that you should do. There's a lot of inconsistency. Whereas if you look at the Bible and you look at church history, you will see a consistent pattern in the life of true Christians. And that's why we can be confident in the scriptures and knowing that it is right and is true. But when it comes to the Mormons, I mean, they're reading what four, four different books that they're training, or is it three? The Book of Mormon, the Bible, but only the old King James Version. Uh-huh. And then what was the other one? Then uh, the it's the Pearl of Great Price and the Doctrine and Covenants. So there's four different, stand, they call them the standard works. Okay. And they'll say like, oh, we believe in the scriptures and everything. But once you actually get into it and say, well, then what about this? What about this? They'll be like, oh, you know, you just got to trust the, the elders. They know what they're talking about. It's just a lot of trust to sinful people. They don't actually go and look at the scriptures themselves and think, wait a minute, there's some inconsistency here. Why is that? They're just since birth. I mean, it's kind of a cult. You're just trained to think, well, you just got to trust the, the elders in that way. So witnessing to that, and I witnessed it too. One went on for like an hour, and there was definitely an approach to it that I didn't think I needed to know, but there was it was something. So it was me and um, who was with me? I think it was Georgia. Me and Georgia, we witnessed the two sisters in that, what's that dome called? Where they have that orchestra in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, old tabernacle. The old tabernacle. So that was our first thing, and it was actually kind of hard because <laughs> I was wanting to kind of warm up to the idea like, oh, hey, you know, we're just here to be nice. You know, I just want to get to know about more, you know, your religion. And I'll tell you mine and then kind of, you know, work my way in there. It was hard, though, because they they just agree on everything. Even stuff I'm like, oh, they're going to disagree on this. No, <laughs> they were very nice about them. They're like, oh, God bless you. Yeah, absolutely. Try to. It's almost like, well, first of all, most of these it's it's mostly women who are walking around Temple Square. There are hardly any men walking around unless they're security guards, I think, because they want to how they want Temple Square they want a lot of these sisters to be approachable for people who are arriving. And most of the people arriving and visiting Temple Square are LDS uh, from all over the world, you know, who are coming to kind of like their Mecca per se. And so they want approachable people. They want, and the, these women obviously have, are a lot more approachable than, than guys. So they're also only like 18, 19, 20 tops, you know? So I mean, these are, they're not really walking around with a lot of knowledge. They're in training in the moment. You know, every, every Mormon has to go, not every, but a lot, the large majority of Mormons have to go on a mission um, or feel the calling to do so. And so, you know, it's just not like they're looking for a fight. You know, this is their home turf. They're, they're really not expecting there to be people contradicting them or trying to um, yeah, witness to them at every corner in their, on their like absolute home turf, you know? 
So I, I will say that as uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast and is looking forward to going on the trip this year, that um, even though Temple Square is one of the more difficult days on the trip, I think that personally, uh, my opinion is that it's one of the most important days on the trip, not because you get to see all of this crazy stuff. There are There is a lot of crazy things that you'll see. There's a lot to talk about after the fact, but the fact that statistically um there is a the most mormons who leave the mormon faith do so right after their mission so that's a really important well, thing to think about so a lot of these people uh these missionaries that they have out at temple square out riding their bikes and knocking on doors these kids aren't the most confident members of the church that they have they're at the beginning stages of being part of the mormon church you know, so if you are looking to reach out and hopefully with, you know, by God's grace, pull them out of the, the pit of deception that they're in, that is the time to do it, you know. And even though you have to be delicate and gracious and uh, there has to be a little bit of strategy involved when you're talking to the sisters at Temple Square, that is a really good time even to just share little tiny nuggets of truth you know, that they can be seeds that are planted in their minds, you know, and then the Lord hopefully can use some of those seeds and, and other ones from other Christians to hopefully lead them to the true gospel. And that's very important what you said. You emphasized that on our last mission trip, uh, you and Russ, that we're planting seeds. Don't come with the expectation that you're somehow going to save all the Mormons and they're just going to weep at your feet and realize, oh my gosh, how could I not see this that's not usually the case in fact because guess because guess how long it takes for a mormon who becomes a christian guess how much the average time it took for that mormon to come out of mormonism i'm sure 10 years is the average amount of time that's a long time yeah i well and not only that the couple that came and trained us at our church also said don't go with that expectation because they got out of mormonism too but that took them a long time and that just took over time people witnessing to them just little things like you said here and there and realizing this religious this religion is false i've been told a lie my whole life this is not the god of the bible like i thought and not only that but it's also for our benefit too because one of the purposes that russ and joseph want is that the training that we get here and the experience that we get because it's only a week not even a week it's only six days is that we bring the information that we've learned and the tactics and everything that we know back to our local church and to spread the gospel to the Mormons there. That's kind of Russ's main point, and that's he's always emphasized that yeah. since I've known him. I will definitely say that's a main strategy of this short-term mission trip is to equip people who come to be able to uh, witness to the uh, surprisingly large population of Mormons in El Dorado County. Yeah, you'd actually be surprised. There's actually a lot of Mormons, maybe not in your face like it is in Utah, but there's still Mormons. I mean, we have the um, we have the Mormon temple or the you know in Folsom as well. It's you know it's not as mainstream where we live in our area, but it's still important. I mean, the people that went on our missions trip last year, they had friends who were Mormons. I had a a guy at work who was Mormon. He was devoted, but he didn't know a whole lot, but. Before I went on the missions trip, because I actually told him about it. I said, hey, I'm going on a missions trip to witness the Mormons. He knew I was a Christian. He basically said, oh, we're basically the same. And I'd known him a while, so I told him flat out. I'm like, no, we're not. 
And he's like, oh, really? Why? I'm like, well, we worship uh, a different Jesus. And I didn't really know what to, where to go from there after that. I knew that it was wrong. Their book was wrong, but I didn't know how to defend it well. And this mission, missions trip, as short as it was, I learned way more than I could just reading a book. And there is books that we encourage you to read as well. Russ actually will hand you out books. He gave me a couple books as well on our last missions trip that uh, really help you. But it's really just doing it over and over through experience. Like I said, my first one, when I was um, talking with the sisters there, the second time I did it, not 20 minutes later, I felt a lot more comfortable and I knew, okay, here's the main scriptures that contradict Christianity. That's kind of what you really need to know. If you feel like, I just, (laughs) I'm scared to even witness just to normal people, let alone Mormons. Well, give it some time, get out of your comfort zone and you'll realize how much you actually know, especially with the training you get before you even go to Temple Square. Just the basic verses that we all have heard because you have to realize that Mormons, I would say for me, when I was witnessing to the Mormons, the key thing I wanted to hone in on is their works because they work for salvation versus the Christians. We don't, we were dead in our trespasses. So, and Ephesians two is actually a really good one. I use the Mormons <laughs> didn't really seem to like it or ignore and kind of ignored it, but it's, it's just stuff like that where you just do it over and over. And we did do it over and over and not just Temple Square, but we also went to a college that's really close to the Blue House. What's it called? The The Weber State University. And Weber State is known for just kind of philosophy and what's kind of out there, all different kind of religions. It's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's really Mormon-based, but, you know, there's, there's a sense of that in there as well. And so we actually went there a couple days later and we got to talk to people who were either came out of Mormonism or were still in Mormonism or were just kind of exploring different religions. The one guy I talked to said, oh yeah, I'm more of like interested in the Eastern religions. And, you know, I'm just kind of learning all that because, you know, what is truth? And he kind of went down that kind of rabbit trail and that was a little different too, but he also knew about Mormonism because you're in Utah. How can you not? And he's like, yeah, I'm familiar with Mormonism and what they believe. I don't know if they're right per se. They could be. So that's, that was kind of my experience there as well. And then the last thing I, we should probably talk about too, I don't know if they're going to do it this year because that only happens every few years probably, the Sunset. Sunstone Conference. The Sunstone Conference. Is that happening this year? Or? I actually, I have no idea. Okay. That place, if you think Mormonism and that religion is, you know, false, well, wait till you go here where people who left the mainstream Mormon church come up with their own church. It's kind of like what Christianity is. You know, you have your extremists on, you know, Christianity, just like Mormonism. You have the fundamentalists. Well, here you have the fundamentalists, but you also have churches like uh, LGBT, polygamists, yep polygamists as well i actually talked to a few who actually had two wives there and that was absolutely mind-blowing i you know you hear about that kind of stuff but we seem to be kind of in a sheltered environment you know when you just stick to you know your christian church your community going outside of that oh man they were so far off that sharing the gospel to them was like it just go right through their head because they were just so passionate, more so than a lot of mainstream Mormons, oh, yeah. about their religion or their... We talked to a... Oh, 
what was that guy? He called himself basically the prophet, but it was part of an LGBT uh, church who was right next to us. And he basically denied scripture Mm -hmm. saying, oh, yeah, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's some very inconsistency. And I don't remember the exact verses he said, but it had something to do with, oh, well, when did Passover happen or something? Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but it was somewhere related to that. And basically the the team and Russ was like, I want to prove this guy wrong because he's claiming something. He's one of their head guys. So let's actually prove him wrong. So Russ wrote down on a piece of paper saying, well, there's actually is consistency. Here it is right here in this verse. And he hands him the note, you know, whether or not he read it or not, I don't know. And then not just that, but we also get to have fun as well. We actually went to the Gondolin in Utah, got to kind of see the um, Salt Lake City. And, you know, just kind of unwind a little bit because it is tiring. You will be tired on this trip, (laughs) I will say, because you go mentally and physically, spiritually, because it is kind of depressing after a while seeing all this in your face all the time. And, you know, it's kind of sad when – more sad when someone thinks they're right in their religion and they are 100% sure they're right and you know they're wrong and they're going to hell. Versus someone who isn't part of that religion and realizes, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I need a savior. I don't know how that works, though. That, to me, shows more hope. But we obviously know God can use anyone to bring anyone to Christ. So we don't want to be discouraged in that way. But it is good for us, especially, you know, where we're at in our community. We're in a very conservative county, kind of have our groups of people that we hang out with. But it's good for us, especially if you're interested in missions work. This is a good start because you're not going to Africa. You're not going in a hut somewhere. You're going in a house. You're still in America. So you're not going to get arrested for sharing the gospel. You might get your finger pointed at by security if you're in the Temple Square. Yeah, I I think if anyone's interested, go to gcb.church forward slash Utah trip. And we want to thank you for joining us. Joseph, do you have anything else, any final thoughts with the missions trip or any encouragement for anyone who wants to sign up for it? Yeah, I, I, uh, I will say that this trip is really good for everybody uh, because it really forces you to come to terms with what you know about uh, your faith in Christ and your knowledge of God's word and how abrasive it can be in the face of people who use it but turn it on its head. And there are a lot of lost people in Utah, and it's a very, very spiritually dark place. It's always good to have believers uh, walking around the streets of Utah. It's good for the LDS to see that and to see that we actually care about seeing the true gospel shared and, and their lives uh, saved. And um, so, yeah, I, I just encourage anybody, Gold Country, to check it out and to continue um, keeping our ministry, Utah Partnerships for Christ, in your prayers. Well, thank you, Joseph, for this. This has been the GCBC Podcast. We'll see you next time.